0: Hello guys, welcome to the podcast. Today, we have a conversation that has sparked a collaboration between Mentality and Sisu. We have Lauren Stedman on the podcast today and we also have her best friend, Tammy Scobell. Lauren Stedman is a British Paralympic athlete who has competed in three Summer Paralympics in both swimming and the para triathlon she competed at both the 2008 Summer Paralympics in Beijing and the 2012 Summer Paralympics in London as a swimmer before switching to the para for the 2016 games in Rio where she won a silver medal in the women's PT4 Lauren has also tried her hand at dancing, finishing the semi-final of Strictly Come Dancing, but also she was one of two finalists of SAS Who Dares Wins. She passed the rigorous SAS selection, which was handed out by Jason Fox and the rest of the SAS staff team. Jason Fox was on last week's episode of Mentality Podcast, so make sure you listen to that one and get the background of how hard that stuff actually is. Interestingly, Lauren has also got a psychology degree which will have helped her with that process which I'm sure comes in handy when she's hitting the wall in those triathlons too. This is where Lauren met Tammy Scobell who is also on the podcast. Both of these guys are the best of friends who want to convert what they have learned along the way into a brand to create change when it comes to mental health. Together they created Sisu which sparked our connection, this podcast and what we are doing together now. Lauren was introduced to me by a friend of Mentality and Helen Skelton who saw some big similarities in what we are both doing. Mentality and Sisu have collaborated to make a tea, addressing the positive change in what we feel is happening for mental health and what is being deemed to be the new strength in mind and how we feel we are evolving. We wanted to put this message out there and we wanted to raise money for young minds so that this concept of mental strength and mental toughness can be something to be considered for the new generation going forward. We hope that as role models in sport and competed in some of the toughest competitions that we can show that on the other side of the courage to be vulnerable can lie the ability to cultivate from adversity, resilience, growth, and positive change. This chat was just before we nailed down what we wanted to do together. And you can hear the conversation of how we got to where we are right now. What we have decided to do is release a t-shirt for the 15th of June which is Men's Mental Health Awareness Week where 100% of the profits will go to Young Minds charity. We really really hope that you can join us in this collaboration and spread the evolved version of what it is to be mentally tough. The Strength in Mind Tea is available for pre-order on mentalityapparel.com and sisu-minds.myshopify.com the design is by Camusa, and you can see all of her amazing pieces of art, all of her creations over at kamusaart.com. but it's only with one A, so it's a K-A-M-U-S-A-R-T.com. So you can have a look at all that stuff and enjoy that. But for now, enjoy the podcast, and I hope you can join us in this collaboration. This podcast is sponsored by our new partner, Better You, an award-winning natural health brand. Better You specialises in the pill-free supplementation of nutrients that have been underrepresented or simply omitted due to our modern diets and lifestyles, including transdermal magnesium and oral vitamin sprays. I recently did a podcast with the director, Andrew Thomas, who, after is dabbling with magnesium, this is important for people who suffer with asthma. It allowed him to drop an inhaler which had been his crutch his whole life after this dabbling of magnesium the magnesium can also help with migraines and the relaxing of muscles and a big one, something that underpins everything that we do, sleep. These things are important for me especially in my life right now. I also use a range of their supplements in the form of oral sprays which are much easier than tablets. I use CBD, Vitamin K, Vitamin D, Vitamin B and turmeric and also a big one, important for you vegans listening, B12, vitamin B12, all good for my brain health, but also keeping me ticking over as an athlete. To get your hands on some of their awesome products, head over to betteryou.com and check them out. It's now time to jump into the pod, enjoy. I guess the first question is how do you guys know each other um, and, and what do you guys plan to do to do in the future?
1: I'll let you take that one Tam. So um, Lauren and I met at university um, and ever since we met really we've both had a real interest in sort of well-being and mental health we both did psychology um, at Portsmouth for our undergrad mm-hmm. um, And we kind of thought it would be great in the future to do something together, um, to build a business, um, to create a community. Um, And a few months ago, we we put our heads together and thought, what is it? We feel like the time's right now. What is it that we can do? Um, And so we came up with Sisu. Um, And Sisu is basically an an online community um, for people to get together, um, to share well-being stories, learn from each other, um, learn from each other's experience of, of mental health and become more familiar with proactively looking after your well-being and i guess our our kind of mission is to make well-being just as cool and looking after your well-being just as cool as looking after your physical health that's what we're aiming for ultimately
0: cool cool um and i reckon we're sort of sort of heading that way and i guess it's good to have you guys a a psychologist uh, to add the actual facts and um well, obviously, you've both got different different experiences. Lauren, you, you're a triathlete. You're you've, um, going through the SAS, Who Dares Wins, as we speak, going on to the last episode as we speak. Um, so you've both got different blends to put into it, I yeah, imagine. I think,
2: I think what's beautiful is... Um, we both obviously started off on the same platform with the the undergrad in psychology and then we've gone on to do separate masters in different areas. Um, Tammy's then gone on to work in the corporate world which has been you know fantastic and eye-opening in, in, in many ways that way and then you've got myself that's gone off into the sports environment and that again is a totally different mindset. Um, I've done lots between what I believe there's a lot of connections between the corporate and the sports world um, and I just think that if lots of corporate people could be more like athletes but then sometimes athletes need to be more like corporate people Uh, but I think there's a lot to be said about I've always been a big believer in if I take it through sports let's say the men's 100 meter finals um, at the Olympics apart from if you're Usain Bolt who just seems to go ahead of everyone most people have trained equally as hard and you know you don't get to an olympic final unless you are the elitist of athletes you you've gone to places that no one else can go but who wins the race or who comes on the podium is the person that's got their mindset right the person that's managed to uh, know themselves to control what they're thinking what they're feeling their support groups around them um It's very easy to see things like anxiety and and stress and I guess pressures of day to day life. I think we're moving in a way that, you know, people constantly putting pressure on themselves to be better than they were yesterday, which is a fantastic thing. You know, we want to keep growing and and progressing as people. Um, But I think sometimes you take a massive hit mentally because you don't know when to, to stop or to take a breath or to actually it's okay to sit on a Saturday watch your favorite tv series on netflix and eat popcorn like Mm -hmm. it's okay um but it's getting into that mindset i think it's great that we're all pushing forward as you know as communities as people to be better do better um but we also need to remember that we are fragile we are only human Um, and i think that's where i can bring in some experience and and then tammy can from from the stresses and everything she's experienced in in a whole different world
0: yeah and i i really relate to you to you there lauren um like the mindset stuff and, and, and you can sort of put it in this, under the same bracket as, as mental health in a way, like if you're talking about the same sort of thing. Um, you know, I got to a point in my life where I realised, um, in a really vivid moment for me where I realised that I had to sort of look into this new world rather than just relying on the physical, rather than just relying on skill, talent, um, and the sort of natural grit and natural resilience I had to get to a certain place a lot more understanding and a lot more stuff that I needed to do um, in in terms of how do I best operate how do I best navigate how do I get rid of the anxiety that's not serving me you know how do you understand what where that comes into it for it being helpful and not helpful and, um, is it is there any moments in, in in your sort of career that, that you've you've maybe had that switch or realization
2: my career's had a fair amount of, of highs and lows uh, towards the latter end actually with when I've made the switch to triathlon it would appear to have more highs I think the the key part for me was realizing that everybody is different and I quite often would try to do things the same way that other people would do them or try and fit in and the one thing that I've I've really valued later on is two things a coach that actually i trust and i've never had a coach that hasn't been to an olympics themselves um or you know achieved what world champion podiums and stuff because i couldn't i realized in myself i if you're gonna ask me to do a really hard training set i need to know that you've gone to those dark places in order no, to, no. otherwise i'd be like well, you do it but then my coach now says well i have done it and i did it really well so you need to start doing it and i'm like okay fine yeah and i struggled with psychologists Um, obviously being in a national I guess federation I was with British swimming and I was a British triathlon you have team psychologists and have stuff like that sometimes you just need to connect with people Uh, same with friends when you've got a problem and you need to talk to somebody to get off your chest there's certain friends you go to for some problems and then other friends you go to for another and I found that i the the psychologist that clicked with me best his name was Chris Wagstaff and he went on to be my supervisor for my master's he basically made it more sciencey for me and the one term he gave me because I went through a phase where I was more concerned about everyone else than I was my own race and he said control the controllables and I realized I actually cannot control what the other girls do they they are their own animals on the race course I can't control the weather I can't control the course that's chosen for us can't control if I have a puncture what I can control is my mindset is that I am ready, I've double checked my bike, I have slept well, I have stayed away from social media. It was learning that actually, I needed to control what I could do. And when I was a swimmer, I had four years between London, Oh no, between Beijing and London, where I couldn't go any faster than one minute, six seconds for 100 meters freestyle. And I'm four years older, four years stronger, four years smarter. I was doing everything physio said, coach said, sleeping well, nutrition, physio. Why wasn't I getting any faster? Like, literally, you could have bet on me every single race that it would be one minute, six seconds. Um, and it got to London, and I actually didn't qualify. Didn't qualify off my own back for the Games. And they gave me a wild card because I was part of their world record-holding relay team. And my goal had gone from getting a gold medal to qualifying to the Paralympics, to get into the Olympic trials, to just getting a PB. And that's really tough as an athlete when you are, you know, still top six in the world to try and get a PB. And I can remember the race as if it was yesterday. And I scraped through and got a 105.98. And it was like the best moment of my career. And then I had to make the choice. I've been killing myself and it's destroyed me inside. It's upset my parents and coach do I stay in the game and keep pushing? Or do I actually realize that my skill set lies somewhere else? And that is the hardest decision. People think you're doing one thing, you're good at it, and maybe you're not getting quite where you want to, but it's okay to make a change. It's okay to accept actually my best isn't good enough, but I can be better in something else. And I think when you realize that and you find what is right for you, whether that's a career, that's a hobby, that's your sport, that's a relationship, a marriage, um, all of those things are the same thing. Is, it, is acceptance that you can make a change. It is tough, but you will come out the other side.
0: Yeah, and, it, and there's like a few balances that I've picked up on there. Like um, taking it back to, oh, we'll go, we'll go with that one. Just that you're talking about there. Like, you know, there's, there's that attitude or the mentality that you need as an athlete to be successful, which is to be resilient, to not quit. And to not um, to not waver too much, you got to be persistent and, and sort of disciplined. Um, and that's like a fine balance to striking it with, like you say, accepting when you may need to change, accepting when you may need to do something different. Um, and is that did that help, or did the fact that you did the psychology degree and the fact that you spoke with Chris Wagstaff did that sort of help you? underpin that and, and decide all of that um for, for how you made the change? Or do you feel like you could have been just still persisting, still deciding or still, you know, going been, with it?
2: As 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 humans, but then more so as an athlete, there's something called athlete maturity. And mm-hmm. um, when I look back now to some of the races and how the results have gone on it and look at how I reacted to my results and some of the things that would have really set me off and made me really anxious and nervous say seven eight years ago those things now i'd be like oh, that's fine like last year at the test event for tokyo 4 a.m in the morning two hours before our race oh we're really sorry the water's got high levels of coli. you're going to do a duathlon that would have set me off crazy years ago i'd have been like, "Oh, this time i was like oh, all right then well i can run i can bike so it's yeah. fine it's but it's getting to that point where you can I like to use the word adaptability. You need to be adaptable. Like some athletes get so stuck into a rut of, you "No, know, this is my race plan. You've just totally blown that out of the wind. Have, a, have like A, B, C, D race plans, like contingency plans for what goes wrong. Um, and I think studying psychology, me and, you know, me and Tam did a massive, I guess, breadth of different things within psychology when we did it. It, it was like psychology overall. It wasn't specific to sport. Um but my problem was that I'd studied psychology and knew kind of the underpinnings and, and how the mind kind of processes things. So when they sat me down with certain psychologists, um, I, I struggled a lot with the chimp paradox. Um, I know it was a fantastic hit for British cycling. But in my opinion, I know you've got the, the computer human version of yourself and the chimp. But it's not you want to cage your chimp and, and think like a human or a computer within your race if there is a little bit, let the chimp out, the chimp needs to react, the chimp needs to bring, so I was like, I don't agree with one, and the other. I, I agree that there should be a mixture, yeah. so that didn't work for me, but I found somebody who sat me down, and listened, and knew me as an athlete, knew me as a student, and worked out that actually, I can give this to Lauren in the simplest of terms, and it connected with me, and I still use it today, and you're talking, that was 20, just after 2012 that he told me that, so it's, what are we now 27 20, uh, years ago and I've been using controller controllables ever since
0: that's interesting that's really interesting I, I'd be and, and going back to something you're saying about like um, the sort of inspiration behind Sisu and um, how you're seeing like, the, the developments of people treating themselves and, and looking after themselves like I'd, I'd like to ask both of you guys actually like the, the, the sort of athlete mindset point of view for how you gain that structure um, and how you gain, like what I feel like, that you need to be able to. Because I think there's two scenarios there's two scenarios where you, you sat on the sofa for five days in a row, watching Netflix, eating anything. Um, that I think we'd all agree that's probably not the best thing to do. But there's a structure that you can put in place and an idea and a mindset that you can put in place to think, right, well, if I take this many things off this week or if I feel. Like I'm ticking off the things that are, you know, I'm aware of in my self-esteem, that 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 are good for me. Then maybe on a Saturday I can just drop everything and I can just feel like I can I can be right with it. And it'd be interesting to to hear how that comes into your life in specific, Tammy, um, from someone who's 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 not a you know an Olympian, but also for for you too, uh, Lauren as well. How you feel like. That works its way into your life, and and how you feel like you've got to structure it, and, and enabling to to look after yourself and and do the best things for you.
1: Sam, you go first on your thoughts on on that. Okay. Um. Yeah. I find this. I find this really interesting, and I've done a lot of um, studying um, and research into behaviour change in in general. Um. But also, I guess through lived experience, have kind of um tested it. Um. And I think there's probably probably four things that I think are real really key to changing behavior um, and making sure that you're um creating routines for yourself and I think one of the key things is finding the why mm. so, um I think it's really essential if you want to change behavior that you need to find the reason why you want to change Um, and so you need to have that emotional connection and hold on to that throughout the whole time whether it's doing a yoga class and, and wanting to be better at that if it's simple things like um you know couch to 5k um it can be as extreme or something that isn't quite so extreme as you like. Um, But if you find the why, you emotionally connect to it and you hold on to that, I think that's a real key thing. I'd also say uh, make it achievable, make it convenient. So, um, for instance, I gave you the yoga example. That's something that I've picked up over the last year or two. And I wasn't doing it consistently. um, And I was getting frustrated with myself because um, I wasn't, like, going out my way to go to a yoga class and then I sort of downloaded a um, a yoga app and that really helped me because I was able to sort of wake up do some yoga then carry on with my day so it was achievable it's convenient and I really noticed a change and then I guess picking up on that it's about the incremental changes little and often so it's about the nudges it's about the finding the routine and making habits um, rather than sort of just trying one thing and then and then not picking it up again. Yeah. Um, and I guess um, sort of the fourth point would be um, learning from people. So that's one of the reasons that we've set up CZU because as Lauren said already, everybody is different. Um, everyone sort of has different ways that they're proactively looking after their well-being and their mental health. And everybody has different routines, different sort of physical activity, different mindfulness um, practices that will work for them and not work for others. Um, and I just think if you can be inspired by someone and and learn from other people there's so much power in that and yeah. um, so I guess yeah that's one of the reasons that that we've set up Suzu so people feel that they're able to do that and then given the tools to find their why and and make whatever they're trying to do that the difference in their life make that achievable.
0: Cool I, I really connect with that I, th- I think um I think a lot of the time out there, you can see like a prescribed um, list of things that people should do and, and, and an order and a routine or, you know, what they need to be doing specifically in their life. But I think like we, we've just literally put a, a program out, a 14 day program, like a bit of a challenge. And a lot of that is sort of understanding the why uh, for why they want to, you know, cultivate or why they want to sort of better themselves. Um, yeah. And that's sort of like the, the initial stages. Um, And then I hope that within that community that there is a lot of that learning from people too, that sort of, um, you know, sharing of what's working, sharing of what's not working, um, being aware of how everyone's going, how everyone's feeling, how feelings are transient. Um, That's really been rewarding for me to see, for setting it up and and putting it out there, but for people to to be looking and, and sort of exploring what actually works for them because I think sometimes when you're too, prescriptive of, of what it is and if say if something really works for me and 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 you're going to give it to someone who you know I mean with physical exercise exercise you know that running a 5k from from getting up on a couch is gonna have a really big benefit and then you're gonna lose weight you're gonna feel better about yourself. It's sort of it can be prescriptive in that way. But I think when you're telling people or prescribing something that actually they don't really have that why connection or they don't really have that sort of aspiration themselves, mm. then that's probably when it, it falls down a bit. So I think there has to be a little bit of that um, in behaviour change, I imagine, finding that why and what why it's specific to them.
1: Yeah. And sometimes when I'm sitting down with people and I'm helping them to understand what that why is, and I also do this on myself as well, and there's a really um, useful framework that you can use. So... It's um, sort of born from acceptance and commitment therapy, which I don't know if you're familiar with. Um, But if you sort of imagine a a grid, there's um, on the y-axis, they're sort of moving towards behavior Mm -hmm. um, and then moving away from behavior. And then on the x-axis, there's what's happening on the inside and what's happening on the outside. So if you sort of think, okay, my goal is I want to become I want to run that 5K, what's happening on the inside of me? when I have run that 5k how am I feeling what does that look like what's going through my head why am I doing it is it because I want to make my children proud is it because I want to lose weight um and what does that actually visualize it what does that mean for me and then on the other side of things it's like when I'm not doing that what am I doing I'm sitting on the sofa I'm not feeling good about myself and what are my thoughts oh I'm worried people will laugh at me when I'm running um it could it could be so different for different people but if you just sort of frame your thoughts in that way people can find it really useful and then people kind of have that aha moment they're like oh that's why i'm doing it and yeah. that's why i want to change my behavior and then once you've got that hold on to it and then i see people succeed
0: mm, i think yeah i think it's it's really useful especially what, what you're putting putting out there and what the message is behind it. it is offering sort of I, I see it as invaluable. I, Specifically, I, personally, I see it as invaluable stuff which which people can actually look at to, like you say, to to sort of look at the parameters, look at the the reasons for why you might be doing it, and and, and the frameworks. Because I mean, these were we, these weren't around, or especially these weren't um, typically available. Um, just being able to get them off a the podcast or being able to get them off the internet um, not so long ago. So it's quite it is quite. Um, that, that, that you two guys are, are doing this and, and and putting the psychological sort of expertise on it as, as well as, as both of your guys backdrops as well and um do, do you have sort of a, a relation to to that lauren and, and, and any connection to
2: i think to that? sometimes as an athlete you can look at people around you and be a bit harsh like i don't understand why you can't just get up and go and do a 5k like just you know just do it like it's because to athletes, it's so easy to achieve. It's just, well, you've got a goal, make a plan, go do it. Athletes are very rare creatures. And the way that they think, they don't have a choice. They are there to deliver a medal for their country. So they, they have to do it. If I was to break it back down into most of my friends that surround me are actually non-sporting. And I like it that way because I like to be able to have a bit of escapism. So I will Sam, let's go for a cup of tea. And we go for a cup of tea. No chat of what what's I've hit on the bike, what I've done. Like, it's just, <laughs> and I come from, by my uncle being a triathlete in New Zealand. My parents keep fit because, you know, that's how that's how they like to be. But, you know, I've got no sporting background. And I, I'm surrounded by friends and family that they want to lose weight or, you know, they, they want to be more active. And the things I've learned is, for example, a diet you can go on a diet you need a cheat day why because that gives you the one thing to hold on so you, all week you might have a bit of a chocolate craziness inside you i know i do and i'm like well, do you know what on saturday i'm gonna make myself the biggest ice cream chocolate sunday but yeah. monday to friday i'm going to eat fruit with natural yogurt <laughs> and that's my treat for being good all week it's like a a reward system that goes on um And I think, as Tammy said, when someone works out why they're doing it, it's then easier to each day draw in on why you are. For example, why am I training right now? Because the Games has been postponed by 500 days. I'm doing it because, one, I do enjoy my food. Two, I will be a whole year stronger. And if I keep training, if I stop training now, I'm going to go backwards and that's not where I want to be. Um, And I think when people, I always say, and actually I think it starts when you're a lot younger. It's not necessarily when you're older. When I go into, let's say, Higher end of primary school, or I guess uh, students that have just started college, and they look at me and they're asking me questions. I'm like, right, guys, why do you do the sport you do? Well, you're going to choose your A levels. What A levels you're going to choose? And they all sort of sit there and they don't really know what to say. And I'm like, okay, you don't do it because your mum and dad say yes. Mum and dad advice is fantastic. You do something because you want to do it. There is a desire to do it. If my mum and dad always said to me, the moment you want to stop, you come to us and we, we won't be angry at you. We would just say, OK, you've made a call. You don't want to swim anymore. So the drive came from within me. It was never them pushing me to do it. And I think if you started at a younger age pushing people to because they want to and not because they feel they have to, that changes your mindset when you get older. And um, I will forever do sport for the rest of my life now and keep fit and healthy because I want to do it. I wasn't made to do it. Um, and I think that, again, comes through any any goals that people set or any well-being tasks that they want to achieve. Um, it's got to be because you want to do it, not because someone else around you is doing it or you think it's the right thing to do. It's because you actually want to progress. You you want to take on a new challenge. You want to do something better.
0: Mm, it's, inter- it's interesting um, what you're saying there about, like, the reward system. And, and I think as athletes, we need that and, and we need to, I think seeing the, the end goal and the reward in, in sight is quite nice, especially to work towards something. And, and you might have had, well, I know you've had um, a, a unique situation, but on television, um, and that's not happening right now. So, um, But obviously, with the coronavirus going on, um, you might have had to adapt in a certain way to sort of give yourself goals and, and rewards and, and yeah. satisfaction. Um, and I think it's interesting, like the balance there, like we're talking about and I think this is always something that, that I think the perspective of, um, of athletes is that, that, that to a degree we can be like robots because we're so persistent and so disciplined in, in certain stuff. But um, it's sort of um, like the, the tension, you need sort of the tension in, in, in your week to, to sort of be improving, to sort of feeling the ache, to be sort of hoping that you're getting better. But also then you need the, the other shade of, of um, or sort of like a tensionless state, if you know what I mean, um, where you can on a Saturday just go, right, okay, I've done all that. I can come back to, to sort of like recovery mode in order to then go back to that that tension state again in the next week. And it's sort, sort of something that we have to adhere to, I guess, and um, something that from knowing ourselves we, ne- we need to upkeep.
2: Yeah, I think in many ways you could say, and I, I am a strong believer, to be an athlete is to be selfish. And not for the reason that, you know, you, you want to upset other people or just be all about yourself. In order to deliver a world-class performance, you have to sacrifice a lot of things that you want to do. And it's only those that have learned how to make that sacrifice that can get there. There are so many things sometimes I've missed out on or I think, Ugh, you know I've had so many friends getting married guys I'm so Uh sorry I I, I can't be there because I'm actually racing in Montreal that weekend but I'm with you like just imagine me there and half of me is always like oh but actually when I'm standing there on the podium with the national anthem playing and there's a medal around my neck all of those sacrifices just kind of disappear and it's looking at the bigger picture and where you want to get and I think when you mentioning earlier about remembering athletes are basically I like to think of it as we train to to, who can tolerate the pain the most um I definitely know I've been in some hurt lockers and painful places so the more I can resist it the stronger I'll be but I've developed something with my coach my coach actually was my coach when I was 14 so he's seen me all the way through school everything and he's it was a boarding school so he's more like a father I tell him everything and that goes down to periods. That goes down to I had one too many GNTs last night with the girls, so I can't do my hard bike set this morning. I shall do it tomorrow. But because I tell him everything, he can coach me properly. I'm brutally honest with him. And he basically knows that I will I never complain, so I will tell him when I'm at my limit. So I actually this morning I was supposed to get on my bike for an hour and do a forty five minute run. I don't know if I slept wrong or something, but I've had a banging headache. I've had paracetamol all morning. Robin, this is how I'm feeling. This is what happened. I haven't done anything in particular. Maybe my bath was too hot last night. I'm not sure. Okay, that's fine. Just go for a 45-minute jog later in the day if your headache's gone. Brutal honesty. He'll adapt it where he needs to. I don't feel guilt for not doing it. Um, And I think if you can find somebody that you connect with, if I use my little sister as an example, she wants to get fit she's you know she's a beautiful girl she I wouldn't say that she's out of shape my sister doesn't like to go training unless she's with someone she needs a friend so when the gyms before they were closed down there was a group of girls they went training I'm an individual athlete I can train by myself I can do it myself when you know what you need then you can move forwards
0: Mm, it's yeah it's an interesting um Dynamic, really, especially like individual is, is is a lot easier. But imagine with team, like in team sports and in team sports, there's that sort of there's a requirement in there that you need to get stuff done and you need to be out there with the team and you need to be doing stuff, even if you are in this right shape to do it. And then I guess that comes when you're building the resiliency, building the the sort of experiences to you, actually to, wait, to get we, better
2: You train as a team most of the time.
0: Mm.
2: How do you deal? When one person on the team isn't feeling it that day, and you need them to feel it in order as the team to—is that a big dynamic problem when one person isn't quite
0: right? It's, it's. Um, I mean, generally, my my mindset whenever I get to a game is that I will not let myself feel like I'm not on. It's there's no there's no there is no option to not feel like I'm. Ready to go and play, um, and that in a way makes makes sure that I'm not I don't take it easy, which probably gets me into into some um, hiccups with injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. But and then when you look around the team and you know there's a job to get done, I do not want to see anyone who doesn't feel motivated or 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 like they're on for that game. Do you know? Yeah. So it's it's quite an interesting. Um, you know, it's quite an interesting scenario. That especially, I think in training, you know, people are going to be sore, people are going to be carrying stuff, and, and you've got to sort of, you got to sort of live with that. But when when there's a, a game to be won and stuff, it's 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 really different. Um, and I guess it, it sort of links in with that sort of you know scenario that you've been on, Lauren, with the um, S.A.S. Ude's wins, and um, you mentioned before about. Getting yourself in that mindset, we can't understand if someone can't do a five k or whatever. And I know that you know there's, there's been clips of, of you and, and Joey Joey Essex yeah. having deli- having deliberations um, to put it to put it uh, kindly about you know what the effort is and 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 sort of what the required level is. And and I think as athletes, you've got the the more the understanding of being in that in that pain spot that being in that hurt like locker as you mentioned and still keeping going and still doing it and still plodding on and yeah um, I, I just I just feel like for me I, I, I could never stop in the act do you know what I mean I could never stop doing it and stop going forward
2: um I mean Tam hmm. what, what listening to both of us talk about how, we find it hard to stop and that we you know our mindsets are to push through even when it's at its you know Mm -hmm. we've we've got nothing left how is that comparable to people that may come to you from a non-sporting background like how would you implement getting a mindset like us athletes not necessarily as extreme as us but into somebody else that may need a bit of motivation
1: Mm. that's a really good question um I think there's I think there's so much to learn from athletes for sure um I think the key is to make it relatable um and I've said this before um but I really think it's about understanding why people want to do it if they don't they don't know why why they want to change they won't um yeah but do you think that like like I think your
2: one Steve is more on based you're a team but you don't want to let people down and actually when I think about it when I'm racing I have my dad in the back of my mind I have my coach because he's gone to hell and back with me and I've got the country flag in the back of my mind and Mm. like my goals are like I've trained for this and all these people have invested time in me um so you could perhaps say that I've got external motivators um which is very odd for I guess an individual athlete but team teams but i'd say i'd definitely fear of failure or potentially fear of failure that motivates me
0: do you think it's do you think it's the status or the um, idea of quitting that that propels you forward sometimes in those races
2: yeah if i yeah and to the point that sometimes i could be stupid and if i had a massive niggle in my calf yeah <laughs> carry on just because I do not want to see dns under my name yeah yeah
0: yeah um
2: but I think that is is that the stubbornness yes I think if I was going to cause a massive problem then of course I'd look at the bigger picture and be able to rationalize that in my head um but I think as Tammy Riley says why you're doing it what is your motivation to do it um and I used to say this when I was younger is I had a big thing about being forgotten so Mm when touch wood it's years from now if I ever pass away I don't want to be forgotten and I wanted to be in Google so if you type my name in I don't want to be forgotten um and I guess that's another thing is that I I wanted to put a benchmark out there I wanted Lauren Sedman to not be forgotten um and if my way to achieve that was by getting a gold medal for my country that used to motivate me actually which is a little cute fact that was when I was younger um
0: yeah It's interesting, it's interesting, like, the sort of... And I know that, like, you know, speaking with um, Foxy yesterday, uh, or the day before yesterday, um, you know, you mentioned the external factors there about your dad investing time in you, and and Foxy was saying, and he sort of not really thought about about it before, but he mentioned that his dad would be running boot camps when he was about 14, 15 years old, before boot camps were a thing, and his dad was obviously a Marine, and, you know, that sort of, as a youngster... When your dad's been a Marine and your dad's sort of the one who's, you know, setting the standards. It's quite um it's quite a, a motivator to think, right, well, I'm climbing this rope or I'm, you know, doing this, this this amount of burpees or whatever, but I'm not gonna stop because I know that it's gonna be a good reaction from my dad rather than a disappointed one. Do you know that's quite a big quite a big motivator? Um, and I mean staying on 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 tangent with the SAS. Like how how did you feel you know, being an athlete in and amongst, you know, people that were athletes that don't have that attitude, that don't have that sort of um, mental um, fortitude?
2: Yeah, so I I got on best with Tony. Why? Yeah. Because we had that athlete mindset. And so when we did our task where we had to, you know, go all the way downhill with, I think I had 70 kg in my back and he had, it was slightly more... Um, we,
0: we, we,
2: were, we were in a dark, dark place. Yeah. But we actually went the whole way down and we started off at A, and we were naming movies. So Armageddon. Then we went on to B for, I don't know, naming Black Beauty. We were going through the movies and I could see Ant stood there getting angry at us because we're just laughing at movie names. Yeah. Um, but we found a way to do it. And then when we got to the bottom, we basically, between us, we... Um, Tony was like right I'm the bulk I'll build it I know you're the brains tell me what I've got to do so I was like right and I remembered the seminar we had right do this 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 and this boom 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 we connected because we were a similar wavelength like we've as athletes um and hats off to all of the girls Helen Skelton every time I turned around right behind me Mm -hmm. and I I actually got some massive admiration and respect for all of them, because they're not used to having lack of sleep. They're not used to pushing themselves and then going again and again and again. Like it wasn't everything that I did in there I could relate to. Even you mentioned about Fox talking about his dad. And I don't know if you saw the video clips. We all got played video clips of our parents. They showed you my mum and dad or my mum talking to me. What they didn't show you was my dad saying, Lottie, you have another 30%, so use it. Mm-hmm. I'm brought up like that.
0: And yeah,
2: yeah. sports career, he said that. And then my mum went on to tell me at the end, yeah, when you turn your phone on, you're gonna have missed calls from your sister because she forgot you were doing it. And I was like, stood there like, and it didn't. I'm used to being away from home. I'm used to seeing them on the end of a FaceTime. So for me, it was like, yeah, I've got, I've got 30 percent more. Mm. Those guys that had their mum, like their kids go, mommy love you." I was like, oh, yeah. it must absolutely cut you in, yeah. like, so I could dig in on things. Um, and lots of times they didn't show you that every night we only got an hour and a half sleep. And I knew my capabilities. And some nights I did a double shift on the night watch because I didn't want, we didn't, none of us wanted each other to fail. And I knew that I could handle it. Me and Brendan one night did, I think two hours on, one and a half hour sleep, two hours on. And that was it, we were up. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to take one for the team. And it meant that you just got to know where your strengths are. Whereas Helen with a compass, she was just like, Phew! so like we all sat around it give it give us a lesson it was and so everyone had their own strengths and weaknesses and that's what's made it beautiful was drawing in on other people not just relying on yourself which I think being part of the SAS you have to have people stood next to you that you know would give their life for you and the mission comes first um and there were some people perhaps within that group that I'm not sure in a life-threatening situation I would trust with my life and that was the hardest part was wanting to trust someone but not sure that they would be able to do it
0: 'Cause I guess you look for that that solidarity, don't you? And like to tone, you mentioned with Tony, you got a bit of that and you, you want that support in and around and that's tough, you know, that, that the lack of sleep, the sleep that provides it, the, the sort of deprivation of, of I mean, it does not really show you what you're eating, it doesn't show you Boiled um,
2: eggs, porridge and boiled fish.
0: I love boiled eggs at the minute. What, I love boiled
2: fish. Are they
0: soft 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 boiled eggs? No <laughs> boiled fish, no, and yeah know. What great.
2: else I'm about to do, which wasn't on camera? I can now skin and kill a rabbit. Wow. They didn't show you it. Like, I know, you have to push your finger for its poop hole so the poop comes out. Honestly, it's awful. And I said to myself, forget, I'm not doing that with a rabbit. And then, yeah, I snap its legs and.
0: Really?
2: Honestly. And like chop its head off with a big knife. Me. Did you have to do that? With, did you have to do it for food or? Well, oh, yeah, because one night, because me and Joey had basically been arguing with each other all day. It was a punishment. We got dropped off in a forest, told to make a camp, given three rabbits and told to skin them and cook them. And it was awful. And Did Joey do it? No, he, at first he was like, no, I don't I don't want to touch it. You're going to have to do it first. So I, there I am, like doing two of them. And then on the last one, I was like, yeah. and he was like, I, th- I think I can do it. I think I can do it. And I was like, yeah, you can go on. And then we were spit roasting them on top of the fire and I, d- I just couldn't eat it. Like, it's a little rabbit, fluffy bunny. See, um, that's,
0: that's a big effort, that. That's like, and, and people, yeah, people won't get the extent of, of how far you've gone there. No, I've, never
2: made, I've never camped in my life um, and I've never made a bonfire. And like Foxy's like, oh, and he came over at one point and he was like, your fire's never going to light. You haven't built it right. And then about three hours later... He was saying to all the other recruits, oh, that's a good, that's good. And he went, Don't go over there near Lauren's or number seven's because she's made a fucking bonfire. And I was <laughs> like, ah, see, you said it wouldn't light. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's brilliant. Probably probably didn't want to show a fox field. Um, yeah,
2: no, but yeah, we had lots of good times. And but then I like, also mean Joey, when we finally got taken away from it, we were just laughing the whole time. We stunk a dead burnt rabbit for about four days. And <laughs> we were both like <laughs> like at each other. It was yeah.
0: What were the we showers wash. like? Could you get a good wash?
2: No, no, we didn't wash all week. We went oh, yeah. Scruffy. we went a full week with no washing. Um, like literally my hair is awful. Um and yeah, the toilets were obviously outside, but then we got to the point where we didn't want to use those toilets outside because it was raining so much so we put a bucket in the corner of our room and you oh. asked one of your teammates to hold the towel up and turn away whilst you oh. went for a, it was a number one rule only. Um
0: yeah, gonna say.
2: <laughs> but just all those sorts of things went, and I was thinking I've never peed in a bucket in front of strangers um so yeah it was incredible absolutely incredible um and I just think that people that as an athlete I didn't find it hard to sign up for something like that I'm used to being I guess thrown into things that are not comfortable and that but for those that aren't used to that realm and that world hats off to them um for being so brave to take on anything like that um even for example and even tony himself showed you that on heights that man is petrified petrified yeah. with heights but you saw him get up there
0: yeah it's um i mean I imagine it's a tough place for a vegan um
2: well no because yasmin evans was vegan really yeah so she was like oh guys i'll, I'll make the rice tonight
0: <laughs> <laughs> just rice no topping
2: uh, just and actually, that was the night that they'd given us rabbit to eat. So Helen obviously got in there because she loves it, and they barbecued it. And I, I basically had Yasmin's rice, and then I'd I'd stashed away some Marmite sachets that they'd left at breakfast. So I put Marmite on my rice. It was really tasty. But <laughs> oh. oh,
0: well, do you feel like it did strip you back, like the whole process? Do you feel like any worries, any anxieties that you had outside of that scenario um, was was like stripped away? And did you feel like you were did you feel like you were in a position where you was to be able to skin a rabbit and, and eat it? Do you know what I mean? Did you feel that sort of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, animalistic? I don't know.
2: Yeah, well, what? I, I think the hardest part is, I'm going to say no. Because I went into get the job done mode, athlete mode. So when I saw that rabbit in front of me, I was like, right, break legs, skin it, do it. I and as an athlete you're not allowed emotion in a race I I don't think about anything else other than that and that is what I had to draw in when I was doing a lot of the tasks um so I think I was very lucky And I think any athlete that goes in and can draw in on those skill sets um yeah and I've, I've spoken with Ollie since and said to him the parallels that I found like in a sadistic way I I love that week I really loved it
0: strange isn't it
2: yeah but I think it's because that's my world my world is to do things that make me uncomfortable like I was doing some abs yesterday and my dad went I think there's something wrong with you child you just enjoy pain and I was like well it makes me stronger dad and he just looked at me like
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's a strange sort of and I'd, I'd love to know what you think Tommy about that like um listening in, in it listening in on all that um It'd be interested to see what what is that what is that sort of enjoyment from is it just on, on a brain level the dopamines that you get and you know the sort of blood that you get to, to the brain and all this sort of stuff or is this some is this some weird um, place that athletes find in unison that they like to get to um, which they feel comfortable in operating with.
1: I, I don't know, with Lauren I feel like ever since I met her I knew that this was her biology and this is what she's like um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, it's the whole nature-nurture debate again and um, it's really difficult um, I think probably something that I would wanted to pick up on from what Lauren just said there is that we don't have emotion as athletes which is very interesting because, um, oh! <laughs> <laughs> in that is a beautiful
0: thought. <laughs> or just put a German Shepherd and it's just casually just put it's just casually panting into camera. Is it talking yet? Not talking yet. Sorry, sorry, Tammy, just put that up. No, that's all right. Um
1: Yeah, what's so interesting is that um what I've been taught and what I've sort of learned about is that you can harness your emotion. Um and whether that's so I do quite a, a bit of training and if I feel nervous beforehand. Um, I've been told like don't feel nerves feel excitement mm-hmm. um, so harness that emotion and use it to the best of your ability so you can deliver in the best way possible so I guess Lauren back to you is is it that you are, have to completely eliminate emotion or is it that you reframe an emotion that you're feeling I consciously
2: make the decision for example The one task that got me the most on SAS was falling backwards out of the helicopter. I made a promise to myself before going into the whole week. As soon as Ant says go, I'm going to go. I'm not going to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm asking for all those thoughts and doubts to come in. I'm giving myself the time to process those doubts, to worry about it, to second think it. If I just go, I've committed and I don't have a choice I'm free falling head first it's too late and I think mm-hmm. as an athlete you worry so much about performing perfectly I started to say to myself how many times have you swum and hit the pain threshold and swum through it how many times have you got on the bike and been so powerful in training how many times have you run and thought your legs were going to give in but they didn't Lauren you've done this every day of your life for nearly 14 years go it's taking out that chance to, yes, I, I am an athlete and I am human. I get nervous, I get anxious, I get self-conscious. On strictly, more often than not, the, the worst performances were where I got asked to be sexy and at the camera and I became self-conscious. I'm human at the end of the day. But I've learned to separate those emotions. They are a feeling, and I have to I used I turned it into a performance. There's 14 million people that are waiting behind the TV. They don't want to see you fail. They want to see you happy, enjoying yourself. And that is turning the negative thoughts and the self-doubts into positives and imagining and visualising a
1: positive outcome. Mm. (laughs) uh, Sorry, Tammy, go on. I was just going to say, I think what you just spoke about there is kind of epitomising mental toughness. I don't particularly like the phrase, but I I sort of really like what sits underneath it. And that's that you have control. um, So you think positively about a problem or challenge when you're facing it and you feel commitment as well. You feel like you're going to do it, whatever happens. But then that's kind of how you would, I guess, Define resilience, but then the added bit that makes it mental toughness for me, anyway, is that confidence and the ability to take on the challenge and the mindset and the thinking that goes behind it and underpins it, underpins it that makes that mental toughness, that mental strength, um, which one I think thing, is really interesting.
2: One other thing on that, Tam, was when I signed up to Strictly and SAS. In my head, I had all of these young little girls and boys that may be missing an arm pictured in my head and how they would perceive me when they watch me on tv I want them to see confidence I wanted them to see that they can be who they want to be so I didn't give myself a chance I put myself in a zone that was uncomfortable just so that they perhaps would be comfortable um and I've had so many beautiful messages I actually had one I need to show you, Tam. It's on our Seezoo Minds page um, of a girl that was missing an arm and she wouldn't ride a bike. And her dad showed her me on SAS, Who Dares Wins. Um, it was the scene where Ant said, number seven is our fittest recruit at the moment. She is the strongest. And the dad said, the next day, she said, dad, can you get my bike out of the garage, please? I want to go for a bike ride. And he made her an adaption. She's ridden her bike every day now. Oh. If that is all that I did, then I'm super happy.
0: That's mega. That's mega. And and I've got I've got two things. I always got things that roll together in my head. I'll try and um, do, do. Do you feel like your purpose has sort of shifted somewhat um, towards um, you know the, the the later years of your career, where it's not just yourself that you're serving you mentioned the external factors and and the reasons for why but you um, do you feel like that does play a big part you know for for showing the signs like to those people and, and showing those messages
2: yeah I think when I was a younger athlete it was all about winning and I wanted to be the most successful actually now I will give my best performance on a race day and hopefully take home the gold like I don't race for any other thing but that but at the same time I try to look around me. Wow, I'm in a beautiful lake in the middle of Switzerland. This is a fantastic opportunity. I'm running along and all these people are cheering for me, like, wow, they've come out. I embrace all of the aspects now. And by being able to be a successful athlete, it's opened up doors for me to continue to do work in motivating and inspiring people with disabilities and without. Um, And also, I've always, that's why I did the psychology I've always loved the thought of helping people and giving back and through my experiences combined with Tammy's and the knowledge and platforms that we can create, if it means that I can continue to do that in a well-being setting, then, you know, I, th- I think that's what I'd want to do for the rest of my life is is to give back. Um, and sport has been the platform that's allowed me to develop that as a person and also as a, I guess, a brand and a product.
0: Mm, and And, it's, it's quite refreshing to hear that and, and I know Tammy you alluded there to the idea of mental toughness and it's something that I've sort of been aware of and, and being in the rugby league environment and, and the sort of um, the sporting environment team environment I guess um, you know the mental toughness is probably and I feel from when we set up mentality um, I felt like that had to evolve in a way I feel like that that you know, where we were in terms of the stats um, with men's suicide, um, you know, under 45, it being the biggest killer for men. Um, you know, we sort of reached that point. We've got to that point. Um, and you look at the the dynamic as of old, I'd say, um, which is, is, is really sort of, it, it makes me proud to say that um, because of how society is changing and, and adapting. The old sort of, value or, or definition of mental toughness would be to just get on with it or to just not say anything about it and to just crack on, to numb no. to numb what's going on, to sort of not address it, to not use that adaptability which, which Lauren mentioned earlier and, and to to not be thoughtful about it, to not be inquisitive into how you can get better, how you can um, kindle a better mindset and a better mental health for yourself. And I feel like, you know, this is probably blending into the mission, the, the mission uh, statement that you guys will have and, and sort of the same reasons for why mentality exists is, is for us to evolve as, as, as people, to evolve as athletes, to evolve as um, people who, well, just navigate this everyday world in order for us to, to be better at sport, in order for us to live better mentally with, without as much friction and without as much anxiety and, and depression. But also to, to be, be better people and to be better people to to offer that to to the world and and obviously Lauren you're doing that you know whether it's through strictly come dancing whether that's through um who dares wins and and, and for, by being a triathlete too and you know that's it's it's sort of a, a lovely message to think about and and um, I'm glad you guys are bringing that to the fore too.
2: Thank you, thanks.
0: Thank you. Um, and I, I hope that we, you know, we, we've had brief conversations, brief chats about um, perhaps collaborating and, and doing some things. And I'm sure there's there's plenty of room to do that. Um, I guess before we sign off, um, what's the plans? Um, you know, in specific, I know we've chatted about um, what we may do together. What's the plans? What's the ambitions for for what CZU is going forward?
2: Um, did you want to stop recording so we can have more of a chill chat on it?
0: Um, up to you let's give a give an answer for like where you see it going and 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 how you see it happening and then we can sign off and then just say you know where we can find it where we can look at you
2: yeah I think um as far as me and Tammy go you know we're sort of looking for CZ to help as many people as possible and I think it would be great to um do a collaboration with Mentality to I guess um empower guys and their mindset um and we've got a couple of ideas that we think would be great to to discuss with you and run through um but I guess at the end of the day we just want to raise awareness and whether that's just us as Sisu Minds or coming together with you and perhaps other people um I think the more we talk about mental health mental well-being um the bigger it can get the bigger the awareness can um and you know it's going to be a positive effect for for the communities
0: for sure for sure. And, and where can we find you both? Where can we find you, Lauren, on the social media? And, and you, Tammy, if, if you've got um, all that set up and, and of course, CZU too. Um,
1: yeah, you know. So we've got a, a page on Instagram called um, CZU underscore minds. Um, and that's where we are creating our community, where we're raising awareness, where we're getting people talking about well being, and helping to reduce the stigma. Um, so that's probably the best place to find us. Um, we both have personal accounts too. Um, so Lauren has her Lauren Stedman account and I'm um, Tamsin Lauren, um, which is my middle name. <laughs> yeah. um, but the best place to find us is CC uh, Minds.
0: Brilliant. Thanks for, thanks for coming on guys and, and um, spending the time to chat and, and put some good messages out there too.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's been, it's been great talking.
0: Thanks, guys, for listening. I hope that you learnt from the conversations that Tammy brought forward and that Lauren brought forward. And I hope you sort of understood where the collaboration is at and why we're going at it from the directions that we are. Please support us, support the movement, support the collaboration, and join the collaboration too. You can buy a T-shirt, buy a T-shirt for a friend, buy a T-shirt for a brother, buy a T-shirt for someone who you hope will delve into this changing of perception of what it is to be mentally strong. You can buy them at mentalityapparel.com and sisu-minds.myshopify.com. Be a part of the movement, be a part of the change. I can't wait to see you repping the tea. Take care guys.